It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Welcome to Car con carne. I'm James Van Osdell. And just a, a quick programming note, if you missed it, uh, busy, busy podcast lately. Yesterday, we recorded with The Slugs, Chicago band The Slugs, back together headlining Prav- Pravdafest at Sketchbook at the end of the month. And earlier today, previously on Carcon Carne, Jughead from Screeching Weasel, the long-running, uh, beloved punk band from Chicago, Jughead, who's also become quite a, a fantastic podcaster with Jughead's Basement. That episode just debuted today. Right now, well, he's private first class Omar Ulmer from Inglorious Bastards. And as an actor, you probably know Omar Doom from that movie, Death Proof, Grindhouse. Omar started out as a musician and music is what brings him here. His new EP, Straight Razor Volume 2, comes out next week. And it's a get in your car late at night, drive fast, propulsive EBM dark wave sort of thing. Omar Doom, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I like that intro. It is. I mean, every time I listen to this, like I want to get in the car when the moon is out and I want to drive fast and I want to do bad things. Okay. All right. Accomplished. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The plan worked. I mean, this is, this is club music for dark people. Yes. Um, I would say that there's definitely some menacing drum beats going on there. And uh, coupled with some driving bass lines that uh, overall, I give a kind of a dark atmosphere and uh, with a little bit of a cinematic quality, maybe. Uh, but yes, also, you know, a lot of it is heavy on the dark side. So, well, in the cinematic quality, I, I guess we should expect, I mean, you're an actor, you're in movies. Do you think visually, I mean, is it possible to think visually as you create music? It is possible to think visually. I'm a very visual person. Um, I was a painter originally. Um, well, music probably came first, but, but so, yeah, I definitely think of things, um, like, like what you said, like, sometimes I make a song that's like, I want a song for someone that's driving in their car and they're, you know, in this mood. Um, so, you know, straight razor volume two, again, it comes out on the 17th and everyone can digest it. I, I do want to talk about a couple of the songs, even though it's always weird, Omar, on a podcast talking about music because on a podcast you can't play music so it's one of those things like take my word for it it's awesome and here's why um asteroth when i first saw the name of that song i'm like that's got to be something demonic sure enough google that the great duke of hell <laughs> pretty safe bet it sounded like something that, that raven from teen titans would say uh you know my favorite song of the five and, and this is an ep it's the second straight razor ep is mantis and i i keep going back and forth but it, it's the tempo and it, it almost this sounds like a john carpenter score gone completely off the rails there's well, something that's... really something special about this one yeah that's definitely a compliment because john carpenter is definitely someone i've always looked up to not only just for his movies but for the music that he makes um because you know he he writes directs and does the score of his movie sometimes um and that's definitely something that i'm i'm working up to doing um so so 
and definitely I can hear I can definitely hear the style uh, similarities that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I d- I'm definitely influenced by a lot of old movie soundtracks. Actually, the name Straight Razor comes from. Um, well, the, are you familiar with like the Giallo Italian oh, horror yeah, sure. films in the 70s? Well, in those movies, there were usually like a black gloved killer, and you know the film tropes that are like, uh, and they would often have as their murder weapon a straight razor. Uh, like dressed to kill, mm-hmm. blood and black lace, um, you know, all kinds of movies. And uh, so, yeah, the the film, the reference is, is spot on. And it, I just there's something there's a gradual build to this one that I just love. But I mean, sonically, I mean, everything falls in line together. I will say Lady Midday, which is the last of the five songs almost has a, a brighter tone to it, almost like a more joyful tone to, to this admittedly pretty dark set of songs. And am I hearing that right? I don't know if it was, I was definitely sad when I wrote that one, <laughs> the rest of them. I wasn't, that was like, I think I was going through a breakup during when I wrote that one. And I actually structured it instead of the, you know, the, the dance structure that usually you'll hear. I structured it in, in three acts, kind of like a movie. Um, and each act has different drums and different mood to it. Um, and it's definitely a lot different than anything else I've done. Um, it's, it's more along of a synth wave kind of vibe, I think. And uh, I wasn't even sure if I was going to put it on. But see, that song was the main title track to the movie Spree, which stars Joe Carey of Stranger Things, David Arquette, Misha Barton, a bunch of people. Um, and, uh, I just keep getting messages. Where can we hear this? Where can, you know, can I buy this? And I was just thought eventually, you know, I better just put it on this EP. I saw Gary Newman here in Chicago a couple months ago, and he looks like he's somehow reversed the aging process. And I had Howard Jones on the podcast about a month ago. I'm convinced that the synthesizer is like the fountain of youth. Like the, <laughs> the, more, the more you release music, you're, you're going to be like 15 years old. By the time you're all done, there, there's something about that instrument. Well, I am 45. Okay. See, you, you look probably late thirties at most. Well, thank you. There's the lighting. That. Yeah, I do get that a lot. I think my dad uh, looks a lot younger than he is. So, but it, it just, there's something about that instrument. There's something special about it. And his name is Dracula. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> dead, um, yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, if, yeah, I don't know what to tell you for that one. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the movies. Let's talk about the cinematic side of the cinematic stuff. Um, clearly, Quentin Tarantino is a fan of yours. I mean, he's he's a colleague of yours at this point, isn't, isn't he? Yes, I would say. So. Well, I'm, I, I'm an actor that's part of his universe. So you could call me a Tarantino actor. Colleague? He's a little ahead of me. <laughs> What was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood his best, or is it impossible to pick one? Well, actually, you know, most people say that that Pulp Fiction is their favorite, right? Or for a long that's the easy one. That's the easy one to say. Right. For a long time it was the case, right? And then Inglorious Bastard comes around, and then I start hearing people start wondering, like, wait, which one do I really like more? And I was really surprised by that because I always thought that Pulp Fiction would just be his, you know, his tour de force, his, you know, and 
And, you know, more and more people are saying that, that they're not sure if or which one they like better. And he has publicly said, actually, that in 100 years, that that might be the one that they remember him by, Glorious Bastards. Well, and my God, the cast. I mean, you're in it. I mentioned that. But I mean, Brad Pitt, obviously. Eli Roth, the Bear Jew, Michael Fassbender, <laughs> Diane Kruger, Daniel Bruhl, uh, B.J. Novak. I mean, what what a stunning collection of talent in that one. And everyone just kills it. Yes, definitely. I actually ended up staying friends with B.J. Novak, actually, after that movie. Because it, well, isn't I, I I know so little about about the movie making process, Omar. But I, I'm assuming it's like you kind of go into war together. Bad metaphor, but I mean, you're in the trenches with these people you know, 13, 15 hours a day. Like it would be impossible not to have lasting bonds come out of a movie like this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not surprised either. And it was like, I mean, I'm not going to compare acting in a movie to being in a war, really. Right. <laughs> like I said, but, terrible, terrible <laughs> metaphor. Right. But at the same time, there was a camaraderie that I think you're speaking of between the bastards that is you know that still resonates today probably so what do you think is a tougher grind in the digital age being an independent filmmaker or an independent musician okay well for a while i would pre-pandemic i would have said music okay post-pandemic i would say film because people are starting to figure out you know ever since music became you know it became impossible to make money with releasing music. People started figuring out new ways of doing things. And we're in that process with film right now. People, you know, people are trying, starting to f- try to figure out new ways, but we haven't really gotten there. There's lots of experimenting going on. So I don't think we've really landed on what the future of film is really going to be like. Because, um, I mean, it's changing so rapidly. With music, I don't see as rapid of a change I kept thinking during the pandemic that we would see a renaissance or a rebirth of the music video as an art form. I just assumed that when artists couldn't tour and do what they normally did to make money, I thought that would be an easy, well, easy, I say easy, a a different way to get their music out there. That really never happened. I mean, I know you, you threw in, you have a fantastic video that people can watch, which is black and white. And it's from the last EP, but do you think that, that that's an opportunity just kind of waiting on the table for musicians, kind of diving back into music videos? I think music video production has definitely picked up in the last few years. Um, and people are using it a lot more as like something else to give their audience as like a package. Um, but I'm not seeing, I mean, aside from YouTube, which is right now the, the place where everyone does it, I'm not seeing like a, like a new uh, avenue dedicated to it, specifically to it in the future anywhere, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like there's an opportunity there. I don't know, I can't vocalize or verbalize what that opportunity is. I just feel like there's something there. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's people started trying to sell their music videos on Spotify. I think you can do that or, or um, not on Apple Music or somewhere. Um, I don't know if that's exactly the right way to go, but there's, you know, they're thinking about it. So you toured... Uh, very recently behind the straight razor stuff. Was that cool, weird, interesting? What was like, what was like taking that stuff on the road? It was really interesting. I actually tried to, I tried a new way of performing my music. I would use CDJs probably before, but this time I used Ableton, which is a program that I actually made the music with. And I used a controller that they have, the APC 40. 
MK2 that kind of goes with it that you can perform live with. And with that, you can solo instruments out of your out of your song because it's basically all the tracks of your song. Right. You know, so you can go farther with uh you know live remixing of songs and live techno so i gave that a shot it was a lot of fun um and uh you know it was great i, I made a lot of new relationships so i opened a lot of doors and i'd never done something like this before where i i did a tour like that i mean it was a mini tour but i hit you know pre-may season a short amount of time you know it was like philadelphia new york nashville oakland portland detroit all in a matter of a few days i think and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was, I'm not young, any, I'm not that young anymore. So, so you know, it, it was, it may have been a little different 20 years ago, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Well, now I, I'm going to tell you the obvious miss. You didn't play Chicago. And if anything, we here in Chicago, like we get what you're doing. From, I bet. from a music foundation, you know, the home of wax tracks and industrial music and house music, like we get where you're coming from. So you need to bring your show back on the road to Chicago. I definitely want to. And next time I'm, I'm sure I probably will. Yeah. And it will fatten you up here. We'll, we'll get you well fed. We'll, we'll, put right. beef, we'll put a beef sandwich in front of you. We'll put a shot of Malort and you'll, you'll be just like a native. Some Chicago pizza. That's it. That's it. We'll take care of you. It's, it's, I swear to God, whenever someone has a guest from out of town in Chicago, it becomes the mission of the host to make that person five pounds fatter by the time they leave town. Oh, let's go to this restaurant. Let's get this pizza. Oh, have you ever had a beef sandwich? How about with sausage on it? How about with jardinera? How about have you had a dipped in gravy? Okay. So when you come to Chicago, we'll make sure we add five pounds to, to your girth. This sounds good. I love eating. Who doesn't? It's 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 a fundamental for life. Uh, Omar Doom, the the new EP, it's awesome. Like I said, like I I can't wait for people to hear it because it is one of those things. Like when you hear it, it just clicks. Like, oh yeah, I want to play this really loud. I want to I want to be irresponsible as I'm listening to this. I want to drive fast and take chances. It's awesome. And again, it comes out on the seventeenth, right? Um, yes. Straight Razor Volume 2 out on June 17th, streamable everywhere. Uh, and then from an, an acting perspective, do you have anything coming up? Not right now. I definitely want to do some more acting in the future. Right now, I'm spending all my time on this, but definitely watch out for more acting. I do have another show coming up if you're in Los Angeles at Das Bunker, which is a long-running industrial party. Yeah. It's been going to Los Angeles 20 years or something. Um, it's at Catch One, July 8th. Uh, you can catch tickets for that on omardoom.com and you can listen to new music there. You can soon you'll be able to buy some merch that I'm making. Sweet. And I, I do have lots of friends and acquaintances and people who do watch this from Los Angeles. I know a lot of people on the West Coast. So hopefully we'll, we'll fill that room for you. Cool. All right, Omar, thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me.